Amen. Being the the start of a new year, um, that time of the year that, uh, not this time, but at the beginning, many people have uh, goals and things that they want to do for this calendar year. Um, maybe you have some things that you want to do, uh, some goals, and that's fine. It's always good to have goals, something to strive for, to look forward to, to work towards. Amen. And uh, hopefully they, uh, they are, uh, you don't want them to be so easy that, you know, you're done in two days and then man, met my year's goals in two days, right? Uh, you know, they, they talk about, uh, you know, stretch goals where you actually have to stretch. Uh, you got to put some effort into it and uh, work a little bit to get there. Um, but usually uh, we have big dreams and big ideas, and we, we, can, we can imagine in our minds uh, the end result of what our uh, imagination has put together, what we would like to arrive at, uh, what we would like to become, who we would like to become as a person, and uh, dreaming can be the easy part. It's how we get there can be the difficult part, right? Uh, Joseph had uh, many dreams. He had two dreams. And being as young as he was, um, it, it seemed like from his actions that he woke up from the dream and he went out to get it fulfilled right away. Where his uh, brothers and his family would obviously bow down to him. And so with a dream like that, he could not wait to go tell his brethren, his, all, all of his older brethren, uh, about this dream because, of course, his older brethren would be bowing down to him, which kind of really was backwards back in those Bible culture days. Uh, and so that's why they uh, kind of shrugged him off and they, the actions that they did to him because he was obviously... Uh, the younger of the brothers, uh, and so, as they said, here comes this dreamer uh, telling them about these dreams, and as, uh, as grand and as great as the dream was for Joseph, um, he wasn't too sure how it was going to play out. Uh, as I mentioned, he maybe thought that that was going to be playing out once he told his brethren that they would just bow down before him right then and there. And he would go to bed and get another grand dream and wake up and try to get it fulfilled again. Uh, but obviously this dream was from God. And if you know anything about God, many times his dreams and his plans do not happen uh, on our watch. They don't happen according to our timetable. Because if they were according to our timetable, they, uh, they would all be done already, right? As soon as we receive them. Uh, we're looking for the next day for them to be fulfilled. Uh, but many times, most of the times, a lot of these dreams or visions can be really uh, a really big uh, difference from where we are right now to what we uh, can see or can expect. Whether it's a dream from God or a vision or a plan from God or it's our own uh, dream or lifelong goal, uh, it's 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 further than we are right now, at least for me. Maybe you're all living in your dream right now, uh, but most people are probably still striving for a dream, and that's good. It keeps us moving, right? Uh, keeps us alive and uh, keeps us pursuing after those things. Um, but many times we will look at this, the big, big dream, big goal in life, and it is a massive change in uh, in, in our situation, our, our surroundings, our, where we live, all these things. I mean, if you can have it your way, you probably wouldn't uh, live in the house that you're living in. You'd have a bigger, better house somewhere else, right? A bigger, better car somewhere else or, or wherever it is. But uh, it's, it's beyond yourself where you're at right now is, is where many dreams are. And it, it's, it catapults like we're living here on level two and your dreams or goals or, or God's plan may be on level 10. I mean, we're talking, we're talking a big space here. And, and as much as we're looking towards the goal, the destination, 
the dream or the prayer being fulfilled, um, we don't really understand or really always know how we're going to get to that place. And it's the journey to there that uh, makes us who we are, and it makes that, that vision or dream or goal uh, come to pass and be fulfilled. It's the journey that we go through, the steps that we take there. And if we could snap our fingers, we, could, uh, we would like to mit- skip a few steps, a few rungs on the ladder, and, and, and boom, 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 three steps were there as opposed to 25 steps. I mean, it's always wanting to... Uh, get there as quickly as we can. And unbeknownst to Joseph, that ultimately that dream would come to pass one day, but it didn't take a week, it didn't take a month. It took many, many years and many, many hard situations for him in order for that to actually came, came to pass. But it actually finally did come to pass because if you get something from God, it is going to come to pass, right? If it's his will, it's going to be done no matter what. Uh, we just have to keep on believing and keep on persevering uh, till we see that come to pass in our life. And as much as we want to leapfrog and cut the line and get the shortcut and the VIP pass to get all this uh, come to pass and uh, to happen in our life, um, most of the time that is not the case. Most of the time it's little increments that gets us to that place or destination. Um, these, these small little improvements over a long period of time, ultimately add up to get us to where we are uh, reaching forward or, or who we're trying to become. It's uh, the belief and understanding that little, little steps can often lead to big results. But we want to take big steps to get big results quickly. But that's not how it usually works. It, uh, more often than not, it's going to take little steps line upon line, to get to where we are going. And we think that massive results, big changes and big transformations in our life, we, we think that those big changes uh, need big actions and big steps. Uh, every, everybody everywhere is always trying to lose weight, and they want to drop 20, 30 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever, whatever the number is, uh, it's, it's a big transformation from where you are right now to where you want to be, right? Losing a few pounds, it, it, it doesn't show. Uh, but if we could snap our fingers and, and 30 pounds could be gone, we would like to do that, right? Uh, but uh, we know that that is not the case. That is not the case with diet or exercise or uh, writing a book or starting a business or whatever it is. We want to snap our fingers in it to be done, but uh, we don't want to go through the small steps. But actually, the way to get it done is doing the small steps. We put pressure on ourselves when we are trying to believe and we are trying to require so much change at once. If we haven't lost 30 pounds, we're not happy. We're not celebrating the two pounds that we lost because we're not at 30. And the, we, want, uh, we want telephone booth transformation. We want to go, go in as Clark Kent and we want to come out as Superman. That's how fast we want to reach these goals, right? But uh, we laugh because we know how unrealistic that really is. But yet sometimes we can really uh, beat ourselves up because we don't feel like we are making any progress beyond where we are right now. Uh, but the question is, if we're making, uh, are we making a little step, a little progress? And if so, that is something to celebrate. That is something to be excited about because it's just one step closer to where we're trying to go. One step closer to that dream or that vision being fulfilled. And as much as we want to take a giant step it's not always a giant step and so if we put this big pressure on us to 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 lose uh 30 pounds and uh the problem with that is 
uh, getting going and getting exercising and doing those things and you feel like uh, the hardest part is actually, you know, getting started and, and trying to get going. Uh, but it's so discouraging that you can be at it for three weeks and not see any results, right? And that's about the time when we're out ready. Well, I'm about ready to be done here because uh, I should have seen some kind of results or, or, or something. And, and, and if we don't have those results in our due time, then we can uh, begin to get frustrated. Uh, we can start to uh, get discouraged uh, disappointment or even depression because we haven't seen any results, but uh, that may not be entirely true. Just because we can't see anything in the spotlight doesn't mean that nothing is happening. Uh, and so uh, that can give us a false hope if we have false expectations. Say, I want to lose uh, 30 pounds in, in uh, two months. Well, that's that is, is really hard to do, I would think, just unless you didn't eat for two months, then, then you got your goal, right? Uh, but uh, unrealistic expectations can backfire if, if, we, if we're setting ourselves up for that kind of failure and unrealistic goals or, or expectations or if we're not uh, looking for the small steps that we're making. We need to celebrate those little things uh, because... Uh, if, if we don't see anything after a few weeks or, or a few good efforts and tries, uh, then we can easily give up. And then what happens? Well, then we just accept the way that we are. Stop trying. Uh, well, it's not what uh, it all cut out to be. And we just go back to it. I tried, tried it for three days, tried it for three weeks or whatever the case is. And haven't seen any results. Oh, well, I guess it's not for me. But uh, that is, uh, can be disheartening and discouraging. Uh, because if that gets to be the case, then we stop trying. We stop uh, progressing. We stop trying to better ourselves or, or better our situation. Uh, because we haven't reached those goals we've set up in our minds. But... I'm here to tell you tonight that God has plans for you, uh, and we got to keep reaching for his goals, his expecta expectations for our life. Uh, he has a, a plan and an image uh, for each and every one of us that is beyond who we are right now. Uh, there's, uh, there's a better version of you in the near future in God's eyes. We just have to get in line with God, realign ourselves with him and say, God, I want to see what you see in me because many times I go to the mirror and I can't see any kind of change. I'm trying, Lord, but I don't see any transformation. What is it that you see in me, God? I want to see that because uh, I believe that God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of us. And, and if not, then we have got to ask ourselves, is God content in the way that we are right now? Or does, as he just said, well, I'm just accepting them the way that they are. Uh, no, God has a plan for us. Jeremiah 29 says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope and expected end. You see, the plans that God has for you and me, they're a good plan. They're, they're a good place that he wants to bring us and to draw us to. And we got to make sure that we are aligning ourselves and we can see, uh, try to grasp a hold of who it is that God God is calling us to become because whoever that is, it's not who we are right now. Not to say that we're all bad people or we're all uh, misfits and, and, and we're all uh, trouble, but uh, uh, no matter how good we are, how much God has cleaned us up, I'm here to tell you there's still a better version of you in the future that we need to try to strive for and reach for. That's who God is calling us to be, not who we are today, uh, but who he wants us to be tomorrow or next year or, or two years from now. There's a better version of you and me out here, and it's beyond ourselves. man by the name of Moses had a calling from God upon his life. And we, we can tap into this in Exodus chapter 3. It says, The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people 
which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land unto a good land unto, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the uh, the place of the Canaanites, Hivites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, talking to uh, Moses. Now therefore, behold, the, the cry of the children is come up to me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, Moses, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. That was the calling of Moses, that was uh, the plan that God had for Moses, was to be the one to go to Egypt and help lead them out of captivity into the land that God had prepared for them. And Moses was receiving his calling right here at the burning bush. And that person that God was calling was beyond who he was there at that moment. Even though he was calling Moses right then and there, God had already had a, a version of Moses that he was trying to lead him to, a, a better man of God, a, a better man of faith, a better man of obedience uh, and righteousness. And it always starts with the call uh, to respond to what God has for our life. And uh, that call is not to say, hey, uh, I'm calling you to be a part of my kingdom and you just come as you are and stay as you are and that's all that I want. That's not the way the call of God works. When he calls us, he's calling us to be closer to him, which is going to be in turn to be a better version of you and me. He's calling us beyond who we are right now, even though we may have repented of our sins and, and been baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost or refilled with the Holy Ghost. There is still a calling upon every one of our lives that is beyond where we are standing right now that God is trying to bring us to. Uh, it's a better place where where we are in him and a better, ultimately a better version of who we are. And so Moses hears this call, the call upon his life, the ministry uh, and the plans that God has for him. And he realizes that this calling, this place in the kingdom of God is far beyond where he was right there. Because Moses' response to the call is found in Exodus 4 and 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. It all sounds great, God. But I can't, I can't do that. That's not me. I can't, I can't go and talk to the Pharaoh. I, I can barely talk. I'm slow of speech, slow of tongue. I, uh, I, I'm not very eloquent. And uh, he's already disqualifying himself from the call of God based on who he is at that moment. But little did he know that he is more than qualified to be the President of the United States. More than qualified. He goes on to say, the Lord said unto him, uh, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Moses... Moses wasn't buying into this newer version of himself where uh, all of a sudden now he's, uh, he can speak to the Pharaoh as if, as if Moses didn't already do that. I mean, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. He grew up in the finest school. He had the finest teaching and educations, the highest doctorates and degrees. He was educated and wrote, wrote, uh, trained up in Egypt. So uh, he must have really had a bad speech impediment. Uh, if he's trying to use this excuse against God when God very well knew where Moses grew up and went to college. 
And so the anger of the Lord is kindled against Moses because Moses doesn't want to go on beyond himself. He wants to stay uh, the way things are. I'm, I'm just uh, slow of speech. I, I can't go any further, and uh, I, I, I can't speak well. I'm not very eloquent. Uh, meanwhile, the Lord said, I will be with thee every step of the way. I'm going to teach you what to say. I'll give you the exact words to say. Little by little, here you're growing, and slowly you're going to become and become the man that I'm I'm calling you to be and Moses was still hesitant and the anger of the Lord was kindled against him and he said is not Aaron the Levite thy brother I know that he can speak well he done beat him off cut the excuses off right there God admitted I know Aaron speaks well so don't even bring that here this this uh this this family sickness that nobody in your family can talk I already know he can speak well and also, behold, he cometh forth immediately. Oh, would you, would you know? He's already on his way, Moses. Take that. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart to do what I'm asking him to do. You need to, you need to take some notes, Moses. Aaron doesn't even know what's getting ready to, to, to uh, sideswipe him, but God, the Lord already said he's going to be happy about it. Uh, and so uh, here, uh, Moses hearing and seeing the vision in his mind of him standing before Pharaoh and, and trying to uh, talk and demand the people of Israel to go. He, he saw a version in his imagination and in his mind of, of him, but it wasn't connecting with who he was in the moment, and therefore he couldn't buy into what God was trying to sell him. Uh, and eventually God convinced him that, hey, uh, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Just take one step and just go, and I'll send you some help along the way. Uh, and uh, what Moses wanted, I think, was a, a colossal change that happened right there and there at the moment at the burning bush. God, snap your fingers, God, change my, my tongue, my mind, my, my speech, um, and, and then I can go and do it. Otherwise, I can't do it. But what Moses didn't realize was that it takes small little changes. And if you keep up with those little incremental changes, eventually you will become who God is trying to call you to be. Eventually you will reach that destination. Eventually you will reach your goal, uh, not with one big giant step forward, but with a bunch of little steps. You'll eventually uh, get there to where you are trying to go. Uh, and if we don't get discouraged... Because we're not taking big leaps and big jumps. As long as we're being faithful, God will lead us and guide us to where he wants us to go. And we will become who God wants us to be. As long as we keep on persevering and, and going along the way that he has opened up for us. There's an amazing story about the, uh, the British cycling team. Uh, they were... Not much to speak about for most of the 20th century, if not all the 20th century. We're talking 100 years. You got Brit Great Britain has uh, had has a, a cycling team. And imagine being in, uh, on the cycling team and for 100 years and you, you don't really have much results to show from. Um, out of all the Olympic games... In the 20th century, out of the 100-year span, the British cycling team only won one gold medal. That's all they got to brag about, one gold medal in 100 years. They had never won the Tour de France in all of its 110-year existence. No cyclist from Britain had ever won. Uh, and yet their goal was to become the greatest cycling team in the world. We may say, wow, that's quite the, uh, that's quite the, the stretch goal there when the past hundred years you guys haven't done anything. And now all of a sudden you want to be the greatest cycling team in the whole world. There, there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with uh, dreaming and having big plans, but how does uh, one go from a nobody to a somebody, right? 
How do we go from not much to talk about to all of a sudden be the greatest cycling team that uh, the world is, is talking about and wants to, to see and, 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 and be around? The, uh, even the best bicycle maker in Britain, their own country, the best bicycle maker in their own country would not give them their bike because they were so bad. They would they, they said, okay, we want to be the best cycling team. Let's go get brand new bikes. Let's go to the best bike maker in all of Britain. And they go there and says, we're not giving you our bike because we don't want to be embarrassed by you guys. We don't want to lose business because you're riding our bikes. That's how, that's how great this team was. Uh, and, and so they needed, uh, they needed a huge transformation. They needed some kind of big change. Uh, to turn all of this thing around. And, and so how would this come into play? How do they do that to go from last place to go to first place? That's, that's no small feat to make that big of a leap. And that's a monumental change. So uh, in our minds, it's got to be a monumental shift. Something huge has to cha- take place in order to go from last to first, from a nobody to somebody, because that's a huge jump. They hired a new coach, new manager, whatever the the title was, and he had a plan and a strategy to do just that. We're going to become the best team in all the world. And he had a plan, and his plan was called the aggregation of marginal gains. Aggregation of marginal gains. So what they were going to do, what the plan was, is uh, when you do aggregation of marginal gains, you search for tiny improvements in everything that you do. You're, you're not looking for huge changes like we would think that we're going to do. We need a huge change, so we need a, uh, uh, something big to switch around or a big expectation. But no, his plan was we're just looking for small changes. Just a tiny one here and there. And they did the, just that. They, they broke down uh, cycling and what it means to be a cyclist in every part and every facet of, of all of this. And they broke it figuratively down into a thousand pieces. And they said, and they took each piece and they said, uh, let's improve this part. Not by 50%, not by 20%, not by 10%, but let's improve this part, this little part right here. Let's just make it 1% better. And so what did they do? They took the bicycle seat and they made it just slightly more comfortable. And they took uh, rubbing alcohol, and they're rubbing alcohol on the tires before the race just to get a slightly better grip. And they were changed out their shorts, their biking shorts, for heated shorts uh, in order to maintain the ideal temperature for your leg muscles to perform at their best. You know, thinking about that. We think, oh, we're going to be a better cycler. What do we need? A better bicycle, right? No, they're, they're, they're greasing their tires with alcohol. Who, what is that? What does that do? It may not do much, but if it can do just a little bit better, maybe it'll add up. Uh, and so getting heated pants, sh- uh, shorts, to keep your uh, muscles moving at its ideal temperature. And uh, all their clothes, they uh, got better uh, that uh, clothes that were just slightly more aerodynamic than what they previously had. And uh, they're looking for a, a better massage gel that improves muscle recovery just by a little bit. And they hired a doctor to teach them the best way to wash their hands. Just so they don't get sick. What do you mean? I'm, I'm a bicyclist. No. We're breaking this all down. And we're going to try to improve this little part, this little part, this little part, and this little part. They, they bought the best pillow and the best mattress for each individual rider. So that each individual rider would get their best and optimum sleep and rest. Not a one size fits all. They all had their own sleep number or whatever 
whatever the case was, because everybody's different, and they, they want to get this person their best, and this person their best, and this person their best. And you see, uh, we think it's just about the bike. Get a better bike, you get a better tire, and those are the big noticeable changes that everybody can see. Oh, look, they got a new bike. Things must be going well, but nobody knows notices that the uh, the tire has been rubbed with alcohol, or, or nobody notices that the their 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 shorts are heated, or or nobody notices the the different mattress or pillow that they're sleeping on, and uh, they even went so far as to paint the inside of the the vehicle, the trailer, white, so that they could see tiny specks of dust and dirt that might affect their bike. Talk about looking for little things and little ways to improve. I mean, you're out, you're, you're bicycling outside. There's going to be dirt everywhere. But yeah, but that's going to happen no matter what. While, while they're stored away in the trailer, uh, we, we don't want any speck of dust or any speck of dirt to get on these bikes. Why? Because we're not looking for the huge changes. We're looking for little changes across everything. And, and so um, uh, five years later, Five years later, at the 2008 Olympics, they won 60% of the gold medals. The next Olympics, they won nine Olympic gold, uh, nine Olympic record gold medals, and they set seven world records. And that same year, one of their cyclists won the Tour de France for the first time ever for Britain. And then the next year, his teammate won, and then he also won the next three years of the Tour de France. In a 10-year span, they won 178 world championships and 66 gold medals, not because they paid attention to the big changes, but they said, hey, let's start looking at little changes here, there. Let's improve this little piece by 1%, and this little piece, and this little piece, and then all of a sudden you put all the little pieces back together, and all of a sudden what happens? Something huge all of a sudden comes together uh, because of all these little things that that uh, happened. It wasn't something huge. It was just a bunch of little things. And so the big change and the big transformation will come if we focus on the tiny improvements instead of trying to get it all with one big bag or one big grab. Uh, Moses wanted his Speech problem fixed right then and there and in order for him to go on. But God said, no, your brother's coming and he's a good speaker. Uh, Moses, you sputter your little words to him, and then he will speak the words to Pharaoh. And, and they, they did just that. But after time, what happens? After time, it seems like Aaron just kind of fades from the, sh- from the spotlight. And now all of a sudden, Moses is doing all the work. And Moses is doing all the talking. And he can't get him to, to be quiet. I mean, now he's got a temper. Now he's spouting off. And uh, God even tell him, God tells him to speak to the rock. And he doesn't say, no, I'm slow of speech. I can't speak to the rock. No, he, he speaks to it and he hits it and all. Uh, and so uh, eventually, Moses becomes the man that God was calling him to be. Not, not overnight. He didn't wake up and all of a sudden become that man. But uh, little steps along the way. Little improvements line upon line began to add up precept upon precept these little things began to add up these little changes and all of a sudden now Moses is stepping into the man that God had seen him to become and he's embracing that calling and that was who uh, Moses saw maybe from afar off but he couldn't see how am I going to get to be that person and, 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 and what goals you may have or, uh, for yourself or the plans that God has for you. We don't know how we're going to get to that place. Maybe we can see ourselves, a, a better version of ourselves that we would like to become. And uh, it's not going to happen overnight. We're not going to wake up and become this person. But if we get up every single day and say, hey, let me try to get a little bit better today than I was yesterday. If I can be 1% better today than I was yesterday, we're moving in the right direction. We may not see many results right away uh, as, as we, as we want to see, but if you keep on persevering, if we keep on going, uh, after, after a, a good amount of time, we'll be able to look back and we'll see, wow, look how far we have come. Uh, look at the big change that took place. It wasn't one big event, but it was a bunch of little things that were coming together, and uh, that's what we see happen 
in Moses' life. And so don't tell me that God uh, can't change somebody. Don't tell me he's not finished with you and I. He still has a plan and a purpose. And it's not going to happen, come to fruition tomorrow. But if we get up tomorrow and say, God, uh, lead me to who you want me to be today. And you wake up the next day, God, what is it you want me to do today? How can I better myself today? Uh, we are on the right path. And we will eventually see those changes take place. But they happen over time. Maybe musicians, if you would come. Even though we may not see anything big happening, that doesn't mean nothing is happening beneath the surface. Doesn't mean that there's little changes that are not taking place over here and there and over there, up here, down there. And then one day, all of these uh, changes are going to come together and then look out that that change and that transformation that we all want to see, that we all are hoping for, will happen, but many times, most times, it does take some time. And the problem is, is, is we don't have time for time, right? We want to hit a few buttons, and it's all downloaded in our life, and we're ready to go. But that's not how it works in, in the real world. And that's not how it works and, and really anywhere. It takes, it takes effort. It takes time. It takes little improvements here along the way. Uh, and so how, how, long, how long did it take for God to really get a hold of you? Think of how far you have come and, and the life that you used to live uh, coming into an apostolic church and uh, maybe your... Uh, first time and obviously it's a different world the kingdom of God is different than the world uh, and how long did it take for God to really get a hold of you and yet sometimes we can forget how long it took for God to really get our heart and yet sometimes hopefully not here but when people come into the church where all of a sudden we got an expectation for them that you, got, you need to get a hold of this, right? They're, you, need a, they're, you got three weeks to transform and, and, and become apostolic. Otherwise, you know, uh, what, what's going on in your life? How long did it take for God to get a hold of us, right? Uh, and so uh, we don't need to... We don't even we don't we don't treat our kids like that. I mean, we give give birth to them, and three weeks later, they better be ready for solid foods, right? No, we we need to be uh, we understanding that uh, it takes a long time. Sometimes people are more stubborn than others, right? And uh, it takes a while to get people uh, for them to get bought in and, and sold into it. But we. We got to keep encouraging them along the way and keep helping them see who God uh, is calling them to be. Uh, and so 1% may not sound like a lot. And on the scale, really, it's not a lot. It's probably too small for us to even bother thinking about, hey, uh, why don't you try to be 1% better? Well, 1%, that's really nothing. What is that going to do? And again, in the first few weeks, it's probably not going to do much. But as long as you start doing that, uh, 1% is going to add up eventually. Uh, and the truth of the matter is the math of the fact is if you do 1% better every day, after one year, that measly, pathetic, little 1% will transform you into 37 times better than where you are. 37 times better. 37x, 3,700% return on your investment. Who would like 3,700% return on your investment? 3,700% in one year. How does that happen? Not in one big move. It happens 1% every day, little bit by little, precept upon precept, line upon line. Uh, and eventually, if we are faithful, we're looking for that 1%. We're striving for that 1%. Uh, if we are uh, continuing in that, in one year, you can look back and say, man, I don't even recognize that person anymore uh, because we're sticking to that 1% growth. There's a small little thing. Hey, I I'm not striving for a big thing, but if I can do just a little bit, we all can do 
We all can do 1% every single day, but the question is, are we going to, uh, is that 1%, is that, is that going to be uh, important enough for us to focus on? Ah, 1%, it's not, that doesn't add up. Well, apparently the math does, 37 times in one single year. And uh, the reverse of that is, if you do 1% less, then you, you go to zero real quick, Right? Either we're growing or we're decaying. There's really no in-between, right? Either we're going to grow 1% forward or we're going to slip, start slipping backwards. Uh, and so we have to decide who we are. We can't, be, we can't be the same exact person we are right now a year from now. We're either going to be better or we're going to be worse. I choose to be better, right? And that's going to, as much as we want to snap our fingers and it's going to be done tomorrow uh, and we can enjoy that, no, 1% every single day and we can become a better person. If you stand with me tonight. If you dream of, uh, of being a soul winner and, and being able to talk to anybody about Jesus, well, the odds are it's not going to happen overnight. If you can't smile and say hello to your cashier, you're not going to be teaching them a Bible study anytime soon. Right? Again, we all, the dream of teaching somebody a Bible study, right? How do we get to that dream? Just start smiling. 1%, right? Smile and say hello. That's all you got to do. Do that for a week, right? And then you go back, and maybe you'll be brave enough to say, smile, how's your day going, right? We're, we're playing the long game here, right? We shop the same places. They know, they, we, we know them. And if it's your goal or desire, God, I want to teach them a Bible study. I, I believe God can, can make that happen. But it's not going to happen when you go through the line and snap your fingers and they say, hey, person, teach me a Bible study. It doesn't happen like that. Maybe, maybe a miracle, uh, obviously a miracle can happen, right? But odds are that's, that huge change is not going to happen. But if you start with a smile, you say hi. You say, hello, what's your name? How's your day going? Eventually, maybe they'll smile back and they'll say, good, how's your day going? And then you can say good or whatever. And then maybe the next week and then they ask how your day is going, maybe you can say, well, I'm blessed. God has been good to me. Nothing huge. 1%. And then you never know. You've already kind of opened that door about God just by saying, I'm blessed. God's been good to me. And those could be the key words that all of a sudden begin to unlock something more. takes those little little improvements that ultimately can lead to big results and if and if you want to be able to pray better you're not going to be you're not just going to wake up tomorrow and, man I'm praying twice as long but if when you pray if you increase your prayer time by 1% let's just start let's say 1% every single day guess what Eventually, you're going to be praying a whole lot longer than you were right now. Again, 1% is not long. I don't know how long your prayer time is, but calculate 1%. It could be 20 extra seconds if you keep track of how long you pray. You want to do, you want to, you want to fast longer, fast a meal, and then the next time you fast a meal plus an hour or whatever. Again, these little improvements, eventually you'll, you'll work your way up to become that better person uh, over time uh, because as much as we want that big step, that's not really going to happen. It's not really going to take uh, a lasting impact. If we take a 12-hour day from 8 in the morning to 8 at night, most of, our, most of our day happens within that time. That's 720 minutes. And if you want to become better, all you got to do is just to take seven of those minutes and try to make them better. Can anybody handle seven minutes and try to make seven minutes better in your life? If you're doing that, you're improving your day by 1%. Uh, we can, people can spend seven minutes just trying to log into Facebook, and uh, that's just the beginning of the downhill there. 
How much time do we burn seven minutes doing something that's not even worth anything? But yet that seven minutes can lead to a, a huge improvement over a few over the span of time or a few months. And uh, where God is calling every single one of us is beyond where we are right now. It doesn't matter where you are, your walk with God, uh, how long you've been in the church or your, your first time in the church. All of us, we're all in the same boat. God is calling us to be on ourselves. God is calling us not to stay here, but hey, I've got a, I've got a calling. I've got a place for you. Uh, and it's we get there one step at a time, line upon line, precept upon precept. And eventually we will get to where we are going if we stay faithful to his word and stay faithful to uh, him every single day. Second Corinthians 3 and 18 says, But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. doesn't matter how glorious you are right now, how glorious you think you are. Uh, you're, God's not calling you to be here. He's calling us from glory to glory. And when you get to the next glory, guess what? There's going to be another glory that God's calling you to be. We never, we never have made it. doesn't matter how long we've been in it. We still haven't arrived at who God is calling us to be. Uh, but He is calling us to improve ourselves every single day. Uh, and eventually... Uh, we will get to that place. But we got to look out for that person that we see in the mirror every single day. Because that person looking back is not the person that we can see in our minds. And if we allow the person in our minds to, uh, the person in, in the mirror to speak to us louder than who God is calling us to be, we'll never reach that place where God is leading us to. God is calling us not to uh, be where we are and who we are right now, but to be on to someplace better, somewhere beyond ourselves. And deep down, we all want to become that person. We all want to become better. We all want to strive to see that come to pass in our life. And I'm here to tell you, it's not going to happen in one big change. It'll happen, though, a little bit here, uh, 1% at a time, 1% here and there, and all added up. And eventually, uh, we will see who God is calling us to be. You see, a, an explosion makes a big, a big impact. Lots of attention, lots of noise. But then it's gone. But what makes a bigger impact than a huge explosion is two tectonic plates that are slowly moving towards each other, 1% at a time, and then all of a sudden, one day, there's a huge earthquake that happens. It didn't happen that day. It happened because 1%, these plates in the earth were getting closer and closer and closer. Then all of a sudden, huge change and transformation takes place. I don't know about you, but that's who I want to become, who God is calling me to be, and you calling you to be. But it takes uh, faithfulness. It takes uh, courage and strength and determination every single day that I know that God can lead us there. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's close our eyes. Let's begin to worship the Lord. God, help us, Lord, to become, God, the people that you are calling us to be. Help us to see beyond the fog and to see who it is you are calling us, God, that we can reach and we can become that person. Just a little step beyond where we are right now, God. Help lead us and guide us, God, every single day. Let's look for that little change. A little line upon line, the precept upon precept, and they become who you've called us to be. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We want to be, we want to answer. We want to respond. Hallelujah.
isn't he good? Aren't you thankful for his grace and mercy? Oh, that he puts up with us, that he gives us the space. He gives us grace to become better, to become the man or woman he's called us to be. Help us, Lord, to respond and answer and follow you even better than we are now so that we can be transformed into who you called us to be. Amen, amen. We thank you, God. Amen. I'm excited.